You can go for a whole semester, but you can also, maybe we'll do a split semester where you do six weeks on campus and six weeks off campus. Or maybe we'll have some courses in May term or summer term or throughout the year where you can do um, your courses one by one. We'll go to different destinations, still go internationally, but also have some in the US and even some right here in Elkhart County. But all of them will be coherent around one group of students, whether you do it spread out or whether you do it all in one semester, and coherent around an issue like immigration or indigenous people or whatever it is. And so we have a new set of courses. There'll be a language course, but if you're not going to a place where you have to speak a different language, then some kind of context about that place. Global issues will be a course that everyone does, whether they're in the traditional SST or these other forms. We'll still have a capstone. But the two courses that are new that we're gonna pilot this, year, this next year is one called Cultural Perspectives, which is a cultural immersion course, because we want every student to have at least a three-week May term or summer term immersion course, and a community-engaged learning course, which is a service learning course, that you will be with an organization, you'll be doing volunteering, wherever that is. So we're gonna pilot some of these, those two courses next year. This will come out when you go to advising, but I just want to give you a sneak preview of some of the cool things that are coming up. Even if you've done SST, you could still do these too. So in the fall, on campus, right here in Goshen, we're going to do a community-engaged learning class with the Goshen Historical Society in which they're going to do uh, Latino community histories, and they're going to do oral histories um, right here in Goshen. In May term, we have a bunch of different options. One cultural perspectives class, again, is right here in Elkhart County, but is going to look at immigration uh, trends in Chicago. So there'll be a, a trip to Chicago, but then a lot of travel and interaction right here in Elkhart County. Um, there will be one internationally. Gerald Ross Richer is going to do a cultural perspectives class in Peru, back to Peru again, uh, called Hiking the Inca Trail, Ecotourism in Peru. Um, there's another community-engaged learning class over May term, which will be about environmental disaster and response. How do we respond to environmental disasters? We're going to work with Mennonite Disaster Service. And they don't know where they're going to be by next May term. So it might be in Puerto Rico. It might be in Texas. It might be in Florida. We don't know where it's going to be. So that's going to be really fun. We've got great professors lined up to teach these. And then we're going to try two summer terms together right after May term uh, for six weeks. We're going to go to uh, Arizona to the Native American reservations, Hopi and Navajo. And we're going to do some learning about Native American cultures, but then we're going to try to do a service learning course, the Community Engaged Learning, where you'll be volunteering with different organizations there. All of these, I think, are really fantastic. So look, at, look for them with the course offerings and advising that's coming up. And we'll have some flyers around, too. So thanks so much. Selamat pagi dan selamat datang de Muan. Good morning and welcome again to Convocation. My name is Nathan Berkey, 
I am a third year uh, studying music education and theater education. As is tradition with the return of SST units, it is our turn as the 13 of us who went on the Indonesia SST unit in spring of 2019 to share our experiences, the things we learned, things we were challenged by, things we are grateful for, and perhaps most importantly, convey a little bit of what life is like on the other side of the globe. A note before we jump into our stories and experiences is you'll notice the starting of hitting of the gongs. We are fortunate enough here on Goshen College to own a full gamelan set, which these are only part of. The other parts are living in the Union Building right now. And it is only one of two full sets in the state of Indiana. It is traditional in gamelan music that the gong ibu, or the mother gong, starts the singular with a singular unaccompanied hit launching into the music. When the piece comes to a close, the gong ibu is struck again to bring closure. For Convo this morning, we use this gong for similar purposes, to bring us into a time of this culture and to bring a symbolic close at the end. Next, I invite Maris, who will share some context of the country of Indonesia and how SST functions there. All right, Salamat datang semua, that welcome everyone. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna give a little bit of context um, about the demographics and statistics about Indonesia so you kind of have an idea of um, what you're hearing when we're talking about our experiences. Um, flip the slide. So, so, Indonesia is an archipelago in Southeast Asia, um, just south of Malaysia and northwest of Australia. Um, the total land mass is a little bit less than three times the size of Texas, but it has the fourth largest population in the world, um, a little over 260 million people. 57% um, of that population is located on the island of Java, uh, where we were placed, and that was about 10,000 miles away from Goshen. Um, Indonesia is part of what is called the Ring of Fire, um, and it's extremely volcanic. Mount Merapi, which overlooks the city we live in and is right there and is gorgeous, um, is considered one of Indonesia's most active volcanoes. 90% um, of the world's earthquakes occur in this region. Um, there are over 13,000 islands in the archipelago, only about 1,000 of which are inhabited, um, and 700 languages are spoken in Indonesia. Um, however, the national language is Bahasa Indonesia or Indonesian, um, which you might hear us speaking a little bit here and there, which pardon our accents for those of you who are from Indonesia. Um, the climate is really hot and humid, um, with seasons fluctuating between musim panas, or the hot season, and musim hujan, um, the raining season. The temperature is generally between 80 and 90 degrees Fahrenheit, with maybe 70 to 90% humidity, depending on the season. Um, we were there during the rainy season, and at four o'clock, like clockwork, every single day, there was torrential downpours of rain. Um, so you wanted to make sure you were home before then. Um, because the country is so close to the equator, there are almost exactly 12 hours of sunlight and exactly 12 hours of darkness. Um, one of the main crops is rice, which you can see in the terraces on the right-hand side, um, as well as tea, which is a byproduct of Dutch colonialism, which we don't really have time to get into today, but is an interesting history that you should look into, um, and that you can see on the left-hand side. Um, nat nationally, tin, rubber, cacao, coffee, sugarcane, and other agricultural and mineral products compose the bulk of their exports. And it's really important, again, we don't have time to get into this today, um, to know that the harvesting of these goods has caused significant environmental degradation and exploitation of Indonesian people um, throughout their history. So again, educate yourself. <laughs> um, Java is considered, this is the island of Java, it is considered one of the most populated places in the world. Um, 
Indonesia's capital, Jakarta, is on the left-hand side and the westernmost part of the island. Um, however, we were located in the city of Yogyakarta, um, or Jogja, which is um, in the southern part of central Java. Um, it is its own special region. Um, it's the only remaining pre-colonial monarchy in the nation. Um, the Sultan acts as the city's governor, um, although the whole it, it's still um, under national law. Um, Indonesia is a democratic constitutional republic, and the elected president of the nation is Joko Widodo, who is from um, Jogja's neighboring city of Solo. Um, the government is run under the five principles of Panchasila, which are national ideals, but also were seen very personally in our families, as we'll talk about later. Um, the five principles are belief in the one and only God, a just and civilized humanity, the unity of Indonesia, a democracy guided by the inner wisdom and the unanimity arising out of deliberations among representatives, and social justice for the whole of the people of Indonesia. Um, so Indonesia really prizes pluralism and collectivity and moderation and tolerance in how they live together in community. Um, it is also a Muslim-majority nation. 87% um, of the population identified as Muslim in the 2010 census. Um, about 10% are Christian, which encapsulates Catholics as well. Um, less than 2% are Hindu. Um, less than 1% are Buddhist, and 0.5% are other religions, such as Confucianism. Um, it's also important to note that in Indonesia, it's required to identify under a religion as a part of Panchasila. Um, so on your ID card, you would have one of those six religions marked on your ID. Um, the urban area of Jogja, um, which is again on the map, um, is where we were hosted for the study portion of our SST experience, which is very much in line with other SSTs where you're in an urban location for the first half. Um, however, our service portion was somewhat different than a typical SSTers um, due to some visa laws and the fact that it was an election year, we were not allowed to leave the special region of Jogja. Um, and so, as a result, half of us stayed in the city in an urban placement while half of us were in Kulan Progo, which is one of the four, I guess, counties in the region. Um, and it was rural, mountainous, the mountains were called the Minore Range. Um, and so you'll hear more about those service placements later. Um, and just to conclude before other people start talking, um, as you listen to us talking about our experiences, keep in mind that there will certainly be differences if you decide to go on SST in Indonesia and that these are just reflections of our own experiences. Um, for example, there's a, one change. Um, one of the goals of the SST department is to give students more diverse host family experiences um, to represent the country's um, demographics. While most of us um, on this SST unit stayed with Christian or Catholic families, um, on both study and service, students in future units will likely stay with Muslim, Hindu, and Buddhist families as well. So that's just one of the changes you can um, be thinking about as you're hearing us speak. So thank you. My name is Emma. I'm Jace. Um, and we'll be talking a little bit about our host families on SST. Um, so to start, we're just gonna do a quick rundown of what the structure looks like for host families. Um, so during the entire portion of your SST experience, you'll be living with two different host families. Um, so the first one would be during the first six weeks um, during the study portion, and then you'd be living with a different host family um, during the second half of SST, which would be during the service portion. Um, I think it's important to note that Especially in our SST experience, a lot of us had very different experiences with who we were actually living with. Um, some of us were living with many extended family members, whereas some of us were only living with one other adult in the home. Um, and I would say that's pretty normal for most SST units. So in Jogjakarta, Goshen was connected with a small Christian university. 
um, called Ukadewe or Universitas Christian Dutuwachana. Um, our study host families were actually all connected with the college, um, which was a little bit different than, than some SSTs. So for example, my host mother taught Indonesian at the school. Yeah, um, and my host father worked in the medical program at the college, and then my mother was an administrative assistant for the college. Um, so all of us kind of had different experiences with that. Um, on evenings and weekends, um, our host families usually took us around the city. They would introduce us to their friends um, and take us to their favorite places in um, Jogja. And for me, that usually involved um, going places to eat. And that was something that me and my family really bonded over. Meeting our host families for the first time was pretty scary. Um, but living with the Indonesian host was a great advantage because it's not like you're living in a dorm with other Goshen College students. Um, you're actually becoming acquainted day and night um, with the city and with Indonesian culture. And so you're learning a lot more quickly and a lot more deeply. Um, so on the screens, I have pictures um, with my two families. Um, some of the fondest memories that I still hold on to from my SST experience um, were the interactions that I had with my two host sisters. Um, so on study, I had a two-year-old sister named Primrose. Um, she's up there. And then on service, I had a six-year-old sister named Asa. Um, and although I would say that I did not have the best Indonesian language skills, um, and because of their young age, verbal communication was something that we struggled with a lot, but it was still, the connections I made with them were still something that I, I think I will treasure for a very long time, so. Yeah, and I wanted to also say that I'm incredibly thankful for everything that my host family did to support me in Indonesia. Um, despite my difficulty with the Indonesian language and how bad I was at it, they were really gracious, they were forgiving um, and generous beyond what was asked of them. So yeah, my experiences with my host family will continue to be one of the most impactful parts of uh, my memories from Indonesia. We do also have a video that was prepared. Are you gonna come up and talk about it? Sweet. A video that was made by Ukadewe about us. Um, now we're gonna show a very quick video, a summary video that made by, was made by Ukadewe, um, the university that we studied at, um, that is about like a summary of what we did and our time during the study, uh, the six weeks of the study, and it includes the classes and field trips that we had, um, and then followed by that video, Elizabeth is gonna give you more explanation and um, examples um, about the activities that you're gonna see during the video. As Nassim said, I am Elizabeth, and I will be talking a little bit more about the structure of our service portion along with some of the things you just saw in the video. So our time during study consisted of attending language and history classes at the university we attended, as well as going on field trips to learn more about Indonesian culture um, and religion. Every morning, my host sister would take me to the university on the back of her motorbike, and then from there, our group would meet before we headed out for the activities of the day. During study, we took many different field trips and tried many new foods. Some of these field trips included taking tours of different histor historical sites, such as temples, palaces, and mosques. 
The longest field trip we took during study was actually four days long, in which we got to visit ancient Hindu temples, explore sulfur pits, and visit a tea plantation where we spent hours uh, roaming around the terraced rows of tea plants and sampling the different types of tea which were grown there. After most field trips, we arrived back at the university in time to eat lunch before attending our two-hour-long language class. The best places to eat lunch included the cafeteria where you could get massive plates of fried rice for only about a dollar, or we could go explore some of the restaurants that were close to our university within the downtown of the city we were staying in. On Wednesdays, we went to Ruma Goshen where we had lunch and met with our leaders, Ron and Sally Joe. Here we were able to spend time together and discuss what we were experiencing and how our weeks were going. After lunch, we would head back to the university to attend language class and then usually spend some time together as a group, exploring or going shopping before we would head back to our host families for the evening. There was a lot about the study portion of SST that was really enjoyable. However, for me, the most wonderful part was the relationships I was able to make with my host family, along with the hospitality that we were shown by everyone at the university we attended. Both my host family and those working with our group from the university were so inclusive and welcoming, took time to get to know us, and those relationships were one of the most rewarding and memorable parts of my SST experience. Thank you. Testing, testing. All right, you guys are in for a treat today. We are dropping the debut release of uh, Natan's new rap song about Indonesia. It's called Overseas, am I right? Wow, great picture. And I'm in charge of clicking through the lyrics, so if anything goes wrong, blame me. Yo, turn it up, please, geez. <laughs> Three months I spent overseas Start to feel homesick, but gotta appease A lot of new changes happened to me Gonna miss everyone, but gotta leave Three months I spent overseas Start to feel homesick, but gotta appease A lot of new changes happened to me Gonna miss everyone, but gotta leave I don't know how to express myself here Just gonna dance and let my feet express my fears It's hard to speak and be clear Look at myself in the mirror Got confidence, let them hear I made some new friends In a city I've never been They show a new lens, I got a new friend Shout out my homie, baby Got me some yogurt, tasty I'm in a place so shady But baby got my back, thankfully so thankful for the blessings I received on the daily. I cannot tell them how much I love them cause it's crazy. I use the music and dance to express my feelings. We don't understand each other fully, but we chillin'. Three months I spent overseas. Start to feel homesick, but gotta peace. A lot of new changes happen to me. Gonna miss everyone, but gotta leave. Three months I spent overseas. Start to feel homesick, but gotta peace. A lot of new changes happened to me Gonna miss everyone but gotta leave I learned a lot from my time overseas Still me but got a new mentality I'm confident in who I wanna be No more wasting time Overthinking, clear my head Positive thinking I'm gonna express my roots cause I know who I am 
Gotta give a lot of respect to the fan But sorry mom, I ain't hiding who I am I'm gonna try new ways cause I'm scared to fail No fear in my head, I'm gonna tell the tale Gonna miss everyone but gotta bail Gotta bail, gotta bail Three months I spent Overseas, thought to feel homesick, but gotta appease. A lot of new changes happened to me. Gonna miss everyone, but gotta leave. Three months I spent overseas, thought to feel homesick, but gotta appease. A lot of new changes happened to me. Gonna miss everyone, but gotta leave. Hi, my name is Katie. My name is Taylor. Uh, Taylor and I are going to talk a little bit about the transition to service and the complexities that come along with it. Um, for service, we were required to stay within the special province of Jakarta, and six of us stayed within the city limits while the other seven were placed on the outskirts of the city, kind of like Maris said before. Um, for example, Natan and I were the farthest away and we were only about a one and a half hour motorcycle ride uh, up the mountain Gunun Surloyo and many of us placed in the outskirts had limited options to transportation and uh, most of our time spent was at home, church, or service placement and for some of us all three of those were in the same place. This meant that a lot of us were in isolation and had a lot of free time on our hands. So in America, it's very common for people to feel as if they need to have a distinct purpose in, at all times. Um, this was the first time that I felt as if I could just be, which in theory sounds great, but was extremely difficult to cope with at times. And a lot of us struggled when faced with the new extended amounts of free time on our hand in an unfamiliar place. You can only do so many Sudoku puzzles for so many hours in a day. My service placement uh, was in a really conservative area and I feared that my identity as a queer person would be known. And there are various factors that played as a role with my struggle with depression over service. And this can be kind of hard to hear, especially for people who are maybe wanting to go on SST. Um, but I felt like, uh, yeah, this can be hard to hear, um, but I felt like I wouldn't be honoring my whole experience and a lot of others' experiences if I didn't name the complexities surrounding mental health during the service portion of SST. That being said, I was met with great hospitality by my host family and I developed strong friendships with my service partner Natan and the many cat, dogs and cats I shared a home with. And I'm at a time in my life now where I'm very grateful for my experience. So for service, I was placed in a school for autistic children called Bina and Gita within the city. Um, I really struggled saying goodbye to all the people I spent time with over the study portion. So I distinctly remember just bawling my eyes out as Stuart and Emma got into the vehicle to drive away to their service placements. I just wouldn't let go of Emma. Um, so these people were my support system and now they were leaving me for six weeks. My transition was also difficult because I went from a host family who spoke majority English to a host family who spoke majority Javanese, which is the language of Java. I allowed these challenges to stretch me, and I did my very best to communicate what I could to my family. In addition to this, I wasn't prepared to miss people as strongly as I did through service. 
These people included my host sister from study, Zelda, my three younger siblings back at home, my significant other, some friends that were in Peru at the time, and many others. Uh, I can say confidently that the service portion allowed me to, de to develop courage, resilience, patience, and independence. Although many of us struggled through service, I can speak for a majority of us when I say SST is a life-altering experience. When you step far out of your comfort zone, you are forced to grow. I learned so much about myself through service, and I developed a new support system, which consisted of my service partner, Nassim, my five-year-old sister, Kinan, who's up in that picture, and the many chichaks, which are lizards, that ate the mosquitoes in my bedroom. I came to Goshen College as an athlete, and I'd never been out of the country before this experience. I highly encourage those to go on SST, even if you have little to no international experience. Overall, there were many ups and downs, but I am equally thankful for both parts. Thanks. Salamat Pagi. Hi, I'm Emily Hilton-Nickel. Um, so I'm going to talk just a little bit about my service experience as well. So um, a lot of us were um, out on the outskirts of the Jokja province, but I was actually within the city limits. Um, Sophia Martin and I worked together at Pusat Rehabilitasi Yakum, um, which is a center for healing for people with cerebral palsy and other mental disabilities. Um, this here is a bunch of pictures of my host family. Um, my host father was taking most of the pictures, so he's not in any of these, sadly. But you'll see uh, prominently featured is my seven-year-old host brother, Jofan. Um, he didn't warm up to me very fast, but about halfway through, we were playing Dutch Blitz like no other, so. Um, <laughs> and my mom is uh, Mbat Santi, who is a really, really cool person who worked at Yakum with me and Sophia, making our food, which meant that I had some of the best food of my life while living with them. Um, they were so kind and so welcoming, and I, they made that transition for me really, really easy. And I also have a picture of me, jo uh, Jason, Sophia in here as well, because um, being in the city meant that we were able to transport ourselves fairly easily from place to place within the city and sometimes see others within the city limits, which was helpful for that um, getting over the hump of moving into service. Um, <laughs> This is just a fun anecdote. This is my brother Chofan and my mom bought Santi when uh, Chofan had a loose tooth and he was really um, trying not to lose it because he thought it was gonna hurt and then I told them that in America we tie a string around our tooth and tie the end of the string to a door and slam the door. And he was like, no! <laughs> so his mom tried to pull it out instead. <laughs> um, most of our job while working at Yakum, while it was, uh, multifaceted place where a lot of people went for healing in terms of um, like water therapy, uh, physical therapy, um, even like education for young children. Our job, me and Sophia's job, um, was to drive on motorcycle about three hours every day and interview people who had gone through the program at Yakum um, and were now living independently. Um, this made our um, learning of Indonesian very, very fast, um, but also very hard. <laughs> you have to understand what they're saying and also come up with questions that are applicable in the moment, and that really helped me learn more quickly, especially because my, um, my family on uh, study didn't speak or spoke English like the whole time, and my new host family didn't speak any English. Um, 
We also learned very fast how to take pictures on a real camera, because neither of us have any photography experience, but we were handed a really nice camera and told to do what we could. Um, and yeah, um, had a really great experience, um, met some very in incredible people, and um, learned a lot about not only like the language and the culture, but also about like the policy and um, cultural norms surrounding mental health within Indonesia. I think that might be the end of the presentation. My name is Corey, and I'm going to talk a little about um, the intersection of current climate and political realities in Indonesia. Um, and we don't have a lot of time, but it's important to mention a little bit about it. So while the population of Indonesia is about 267 million, Indonesia is the world's fifth largest emitter of greenhouse gases. Much of this emission is related to the conversion of forests and carbon release from underlying peatlands. Um, according to the World Report from the Human Rights Watch in 2019, deforestation, mining, and erosion are also causing more floods than ever before in Indonesia. Two and a half, people, two and a half million people were, were displaced as a result of flooding in 2017, and the capital of Jakarta is sinking faster than any other city on the planet. This is primarily due to drops in groundwater level as water is extracted to sustain the population of the city that has a population density nearly a third higher than New York City. Right now, about half of Jakarta is below sea level, and the capital is being translocated to um, an island north of Java, which is called Kalimantan. Al Jazeera reported in 2019 that around one-third of Indonesia's rainforest will disappear by 2020 if nothing is done to reverse the damage caused by logging and palm plantations. Um, high availability of natural resources contributes to global responsibility and respect to sustainable use. But of course, like many countries, Indonesia also has a national responsibility to provide for its own citizens, and it has many. Although there are a few organizations working on these climate issues domestically, like Greenpeace Indonesia, environmental issues aren't on many people's radars as political, cultural, or interpersonal issues are. Indonesia's population and impact is even big enough to make it a global actor in environmental news. Recently, international journalists have been a noteworthy topic. Philip Jacobson, who works with the environmental news website Mangambe, was involved in publishing reports on alleged foul play in the issuing of permits for agricultural plantations. While he did have a tourist visa, it was suspected that he was doing work without a journalistic visa, which is against Indonesian law. This is one example of a clash between one American notion of freedom of press and the culture of government-centeredness in Indonesia. So I thought that was just important to touch on a little bit. Um, I'm going to close this out today, um, and then um, right at the end, Nathan is going to ring the Ibu Gong again, um, and then you are free to go. Um, this is a thank you letter that I wrote to our families on study that I wrote in Indonesian for a final celebration, and then I have translated it back to English. Um, at the end, before I read it, um, I just want to note that um, in Indonesia, it's very customary to um, apologize at the end of something that you say or an offering that you give. Um, out of a desire to avoid offending at any cost. Um, so, 
Um, the Indonesian at the end that you'll hear is that apology um, for anything unpleasant or offensive that we've said or done during our time together. Um, so, without further ado. Kaluaga Kaluaga Tokasi. First, it's important to recognize that there are no words or actions that can convey our gratitude to you. You gave us a home and family when our homes were more than 16,000 kilometers away. For that, we cannot repay your kindness. Thank you not only for that, but for teaching us and making us feel like your true family members. Most of us knew very little about Indonesian culture when we arrived, which I'm sure you realized immediately. Um, but you taught us vital things, such as how to eat with a, just a fork and a spoon, um, to never assume that the rain would stop, and that eat more rice is the answer to everything. When keys were lost, doors were not closed tightly, and schedules were miscommunicated, you responded with incredible grace. We know we have made so many mistakes that we cannot begin to recognize, and we are grateful for both the subtle and direct correction of our words and actions that you have offered us. Although three months is hardly enough time to learn all of the details of Indonesian etiquette, social interactions, and culture, your wisdom and advice have been priceless. By staying with you, we received a more sincere perspective of what Indonesia is like, or at least what Jogja is like. If we had just lived with our fellow students in a dorm, we wouldn't have learned firsthand what family means here, or have found the best stalls for boiled noodles, or the most beautiful hiking routes in the mountains. We would not have known about the pine forest, visited Bandung, studied local legends, seen the beach where turtles lay their eggs, discovered that malls can have roller coasters, or that getting married in Java takes many days and can involve over a thousand people. We wouldn't have learned firsthand, for some of us, that spirits roam the forest after dark, um, or how to wrap tempeh in banana leaves so it ferments properly, or how to say the days of the week in Javanese. Our list of learning could go on and on, but I will stop here. You have given us knowledge and experiences that made us feel more a part of this community and will stay with us forever. We have been amazed by your extraordinary generosity, which has often gone beyond expectations. All of you have greatly shaped our experiences here, and those experiences have been incredible. Kami mohon maaf jika apapun yang telah kami katakan atau lakukan yang membuat pengalaman ini tidak menyenangkan bagi anda. Terima kasih banyak, mahasiswa-mahasiswa dari Amerika Serikat. Thank you.